Welcome to the Social and Sport Podcast. To start this new week off, my chat is with someone who has worked on content strategies in the UK, US, Far East and Middle East. After leaving Arsenal in 2015, where he was managing editor, Rich Clark went on to become senior editor of digital media and communications at MLS side Colorado Rapids. Since then, he's been a content consultant to leagues across the world, as well as writing his influential blog at mrrichardclark.com and his must-listen-to podcast, Sports Content Strategy. So what better person to speak to about the current situation, how clubs and leagues have been handling it, and what he would advise on doing as we start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, please do subscribe on your platform of choice and of course leave a rating or review. That would be fantastic. I'm trying to find as many great people as I can to share their stories during this COVID-19 crisis to both help and inspire as many people out there as I can. So every little helps. You can also find a video of this chat on YouTube and by following me on LinkedIn. Links to both are in the show notes. Okay, so here's my interview with Rich, recorded on Friday, 15th of May, 2020. Hi Rich, how are you doing? Hi Dan, I'm well, how are you? I'm very good, thank you very much. Now, everyone knows what's been going on around the world at the moment and the sports industry has definitely taken a, taken a hammering with no live sports. Um, have you seen kind of leagues and clubs react from it, from a content perspective? Well, they're doing exactly what you would expect them to do. They're trying to get content out there, talking about social good. They're talking about uh, helping key workers. They're, they're very much trying to put forward um, uh, how they can help society. And it's, it's interesting because, as Warren Buffett says about the economy, when the, when the, when the tide goes, uh, goes out, you realise who's been swimming naked. And in content terms... I love that you know, analogy. Have you never heard that one? Well, uh, that's that's what Warren Buffett says vis-a-vis the economy. Well, if you look at the um, uh, uh, clubs and content, well, you know, if you've got a very co- good content team, a very um, uh, flexible uh, content team, a nimble co- content team, but also one that's fully uh, connected to all parts of its business, especially the community part and the social good part, because many organisations... Um, don't pay enough heed to that or haven't paid enough heed for that to that in the years gone by. And, um, uh, and, and so those connections, those stories aren't as, aren't as good. So if you've got a good connection, a good story, if you've been working in the community, a club like Everton have done that ex- exceptionally well mm. over the last 10 years, a real strong community, uh, strong fan engagement program as well. So that sort of stuff can be kicked in very quickly at times like this. Yeah, I mean, much of the time, the community stuff kind of gets lost within the kind of the games and the transfer rumours and everything else that's going on because it's just kind of fans, it's just assumed that fans don't want to know about this kind of stuff. You know, it's I mean, of, I, fans I, I have always done a huge amount, but not really shouted about it. I think it's a huge miss. Yes, clubs, clubs do a lot more than they shout about, but clubs, one of my bugbears is that clubs see themselves as... Um, as, as as, as win at all costs and win and, and winning and success defines us and the accumulation of money helps that success process whereas if you look at it when clubs get relegated it's not like everyone departs all right you look at Sunderland who've had an absolutely horrific time mm. over the last uh, three or four years 
horrific is the wrong word to use in this context. And by the way, I need to preface everything we say as this is all flotsam and jetsam in comparison to what else is going on, by the way. Um, but uh, certainly Sunderland have had a very difficult time and their crowds have gone down, but they've not gone from 100% in the Premier League to naught. They've gone to whatever it is, 60 or 70%, which shows that success in Sunderland about un, about as unsuccessful as they can possibly be or as, as unsuccessful as they've ever been in their history, they've still got people coming through the gate. So success shouldn't be the definition of a club. It should be about identity, meaning, and part of that is that, that social process. And I'm hoping that the, the silver lining on this huge cloud that is um, overhanging the whole world at the moment is that we do have a reset as a society, as an economy, be a little bit more caring, be a little bit more community-based. And, of course, that should reflect in the um, most important of the unimportant things, sport. Do you think much of it is actually going to stick? I mean, do you think that people are just going to want to, you know, get back to the way it was? I mean, you know, you look at our fans going to get back into the stadium, NFL, you know, they've launched their fixtures for next year and inquiries and tickets for tickets are up like 200 plus percent and people just desperate to get back into the way it was do you think there's a danger of it kind of just being forgotten and trying to be swept under the carpet a little bit no sports you talk about sport being forgotten or, or yeah. fans not going back immediately i think that there's a concern about fans going back immediately everyone's assuming everyone's going to flock to try and get in and you know if you look at england um the i think the stat over key workers Key workers, of course, could send their children to school and they expected 20% um, uh, attendance uh, in schools because of all those key worker children. In fact, it's only been about one, one and a half percent. So there's a reticence because this is a very, very serious thing that, that can potentially kill people. Mm. And so I think while everyone is missing sport and, you know, you look at the we're a couple of days away from the Bundesliga coming back. And of course, it's, it's, it's huge news in England because everyone's desperate for some type of high-level sport. You know, the Belarus League doesn't cut it. But, but the Bundesliga, when you've got, you know, Jordan Sancho and some players who've got not only English connections, but you know, global players, um, that is something to look forward to. The media's missed it. The, the, the people have missed it because it is that wonderful waste of time. It is, it is what occupies people's minds. Um, you know, yet again, I'm talking about a reset here with, with hopefully a more communal and uh, altruistic society on the back of this. I have my doubts, but let's hope. Um, I'm hoping that applies um, in, in football as well and, um, and we have a more altruistic and caring football. And also people appreciate the game and the game appreciates the people because that connection ultimately has been severed over the last two or three months. No, definitely. And I mean, do you see that the shift in tone has kind of changed a little bit from that um initial phase where people you know we didn't know when the end of this was going to come and you're trying to kind of look at okay how do we keep this going for as long as we possibly can to okay there's light at the end of the tunnel the Bundesliga is starting NFL's launching their kind of uh, the fixtures for next season other other leagues are starting to get going again or go back to training have you seen the kind of shift in the, what that content's being and how it's being used well I mean the other leagues have got different things to talk about. The Bundesliga, you can reflect training. Uh, MLS just went back. Mm, back. A, a little bit of training, a little bit of sort of remote, isolated training. I think Denmark's close 
etc. So they've now got a story and there has been a light at the end of the tunnel uh, for them, which they can reflect in their content. The issue will be actually, of course, with the Premier League, because we are further behind as a country. Mm. Um, and also we are the, the most money football league in the world. And I would say the most uh, globally important sports league in the world, because it's really only Premier League and NFL and the NFL doesn't have the global reach and the global resonance of the Premier League. So once the Bundesliga comes back and once they've played a couple of games, and there's huge issues with that. You know, who knows? It might have to be shut down in a couple of weeks. We've already seen with Dresden uh, can't play their games because a couple of players have tested positive. I think the uh, uh, Augsburg manager... Um, yes, he got caught going to the shop to get some toothpaste. He went he? to go and get some toothpaste, so he's not going to be allowed to be on the bench. This is this is very serious, and the discipline that you need to show, funny enough, the discipline you need to show as a professional footballer, is um, you need a, a percentage of that to be a human being at the moment because we we all know we need to stay at home, <laughs> just not go out, just not do some of the things we normally do. So Jack Leach summed it up perfectly for any of your overseas listeners might not know, cricket match in the summer, big cricket match, the Ashes, England, Australia, Ben Stokes and Jack Leach uh, bat out, I think it was 76 runs or something like that, a partnership, last wicket partnership. Jack Leach is a terrible batsman by his own admission, that's not why he's in the side for, and he scored one run, one run right at the end. And uh, he likened, he likened, um, his role in that particular partnership to the NHS. He said, look, all, we, all we've got to do is stay in. All I've got to do is stay in and defend your wicket and let the NHS, i.e. Ben Stokes, do all the scoring. And <laughs> that really summed it up because it summed up the humility that sport needs in this particular crisis because it's not important. I know it's not keeping people alive. It is what some people live for, but it's not keeping people alive. And we need to be aware of that per- particular um, way of defining it but uh, you know it, it, it just summed up that we need help that sport needs help and sport needs to know its place and something like this has put everything into a different kind of context right do you think we've been in a bit of a well we probably have been in a, in a bubble for a long time especially with the premier league you think this is, this is that opportunity to reset and kind of uh, okay this is the what's important this is what is not really important that we were concentrating too much on and also wow. some sports are just going to get found out for just not having a strong enough case for being around uh, well i'm look i'm a political animal and um the people that were all clapping for thursday night eight o'clock um they had their pay rises capped at one percent last year yep. they don't earn a whole lot and there's a lot of sportsmen on a lot of money yes that's that's talent hard work that's dedication um uh in terms of the footballers you know extreme and very rare talent um but we could do with a reset right <laughs> yes uh, on the content side get back onto that bit yep um how do you think that clubs leagues should be planning what what stage are they at now do you think now that that light is at the end of the tunnel what would you be doing well it's difficult it's difficult actually because i don't know where i don't know if there is light at the tunnel for the for the premier league we don't actually know um we don't know if the season will be ended or it won't be ended i would certainly be look all clubs have gone straight to their archive they've tried to tell a social story etc etc i would be getting my players involved I would absolutely be getting my players involved. We've seen on uh, satellite TV in England that, you know, I think this would be a long-term effect that, you know, talking head shows 
where you're seeing someone in the, you've got books in the background and a, and a shirt yeah. in the background. See, look, I brought my own books because I thought I didn't, I needed some books for people to see because everyone's putting books up. But we're now used to exactly the setup that you've got here. Sky shows that, that the pa a panel show um, will have uh, someone at home acting as the studio and three or four people um, um, who would have previously been in the studio is now at home. There's no reason why clubs can't do that. Okay, and more of them need to be doing that and connecting with fans on an individual basis because the other side of, of this is there's going to be a huge recession that we haven't seen in 100 years and fans aren't going to have, have the money, aren't going to have the money. I mean, my own cricket club, Essex Cricket Club, they've got five, 6,000 members. They phoned 1,000 members in the vulnerable group, okay, over, over 70 because obviously county cricket, it's an older demographic. So they targeted them and they got players to phone them and they're still phoning them now. Well, I mean, what would that do if you're a fan of a club and you get a phone call or a Zoom call uh, on an individual basis? And I would be saying to clubs, start thinking about connecting with fans on an individual basis and do it because it's the right thing to do and don't publicize it. Right? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't virtue signal. You need to be connecting with your fan base as much as you can now. Go and do a Zoom call with your supporters club. You know, contact your supporters club and say, you know, if we can get 2,000 of you on, great, we'll get our star player in and do a web chat. Stuff like that is going, going to help. And it doesn't need to be content. It needs to be connection. Now, content is connection, of course. But I think given that players, of course, they're athletes, of course, they need to be thinking about preparing to play again. Absolutely. But also they're in a position where they have time, more time than they've ever had. So that particular excuse about no time, got to concentrate on the game, for me, that's gone. And also on the back of it, yeah, let's take out the top six in the Premier League because they're a different kettle of fish. Um, and top, top 20 in Europe. Everyone else is going to be severely financially affected by this. And if you've only got 10,000 supporters, Oh, sorry, 10,000 season ticket holders, for example, I'd be trying to connect with every one of those mm. on a personal basis because I think that will mean a lot on the back of this. And that's not purely content per se, but you've got to think about your fan base now because if media rights, the, the, media, the previous media rights models that we've had, the Sky Televisions, the BT in England, for example, if they are, and of course they've been affected by this as much as anybody else, um, if they are, if 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 that falls apart, that is the thing that underpins a lot of our sporting industry. Okay, so we're going to have to go back to relying on our fans again to get into the, into the stadium and support our team. Yeah. And so you need to connect with them emotionally. Content that 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 create content, create a content plan, but also use your players, use your players, and use the technology that that you've got. That's what I would be doing anyway. Yeah, and you see some clubs doing it really, really well. And as you say, you know, those ones like an Everton, for example, who were very, very well connected with the community and the fan base, those fans are going to stick with them. And yeah. they're going to help them through where they can. Yeah, because the ones who haven't done and have a gulf between them and the supporters, they could lose out in a huge It's going to mean more now. It's going to mean more now. You think, you know, I'll go back to my cricket club again. I don't, you know... If you talk about football, you get emotional and you talk about individual teams and all that kind of stuff. But if you think about it, you know, a thousand fans, over a thousand fans, and there's some kids as well, got phone calls individually from players, 20 to half an hour 
phone calls, 20 minutes to half an hour phone calls. You think they're not going to sign up again? And of course, we could be, you know, sign up for a membership. And of course, we are effectively, and I'm one of these people, you know, I've signed up for a membership. I'm not going to see any cricket this year. I, I pretty much, I did a poll actually, and um, most people think we won't see any cricket. They can keep my money. They, I've paid for the season ticket. I've paid for the membership. They can keep my money. Why? Because I'm very, very aware that unless I do that, the club's not going to exist because that's what we're talking about now. So do I want the club to exist? Answer, yes. Am I prepared to pay for that? The answer, yes, but they've got to give me some sort of value. I'm not in a vulnerable position. I don't need a phone call. I'm not living on my own. But I certainly appreciate the fact that they've called a 1,000 members right off the bat. No one else was doing this as far as I was aware. They also put their players down into... Um, uh, they were basically exactly a year to the day that they started the championship last year, this year, on that same day, they were spooning rice and curry into tubs and putting them in the back of the vans and making meals for key workers, right? Now, they've created content on that. That's a bit of virtue signaling. Okay, fine. But I'm more interested in the fact that they've done it. Mm. More interested in the fact that they've done it. And they're allowed to, they're allowed to publicize it. I just get a bit tired of... People, sometimes I get tired of people doing good things because they want to be shown to do good things. I want people just to do good things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I look at my club's United, which I know greats with you being Arsenal man. But, um, you know, some of the things they've been doing, you know, you've had Brian Robson calling up fans and different players calling up fans. Marcus Rashford has done some fantastic things during this crisis. He, yeah, he's done a lot, Marcus Rashford. Yeah, he's done a lot. Yeah. And not for show. Not for show. Same with Danny Rose at Tottenham and Harry Kane, of course. Harry Kane yes. at Tottenham. You know, sorry, yeah. But, you know, he's sponsoring. Like, when I was at Colorado Rapids, um, I, I'll tell you a story about Harry Kane. And, you know, obviously, I try and not say the, t the T word wherever possible. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll say a word about Harry Kane. that um, They came, that particular team from North London, who played play in blue and white, came to... Um, uh, Dick Sporting Goods Stadium to play the All-Star game um, in 2015, I think it was, yeah, 2015. And uh, I was on the steering committee and uh, we hosted them. It was my, my stadium. I was the director of communications and media for, for Colorado at the time. And they came over and this is, this is why, I, uh, why Harry Kane, what he's done resonates is yeah, he's, he's he's doled out a hundred grand and sponsored Leighton Orient for three charities shirts, and the the the, the charity will get uh, uh, a portion of, of of the shirt sale with their 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 name on it. Okay, but also at Dick Sporting Goods Stadium, he was the star of that particular Tottenham side. They had all the best players in MLS there, and the training sessions we had, he stayed to the end and signed every autograph, every single one. This is not going to get press. It's not going to be important to anything other than the fans he's signing for, right? And yet he did that. So he's, he's doing stuff that not for show, not for show. I, I, I now believe that. And that is why when we play FIFA with my son, every player who plays for the T-Club cannot be chosen by my son, with the exception of Harry Kane. <laughs> so there we go. That's a fair one and a great story. But yeah, I mean, I think his is, he's quite grounded character, you know, from playing at Leighton Orient and the lower league teams to going into but, Spurs but, rather than jumping straight into the first thing. Yeah, but the thing is, what and what clubs should be doing here is a million small things. 
You don't change a culture overnight. You don't change a culture by one big donation. I want to see a million small things, right? And, and that, that to be, I, I want to see people who are, who are um, involved in the community sitting on the top table at clubs, and they don't. It's commercial marketing, all those people. They, they do not sit there. They do not sit there because hopefully we'll come out of this with clubs being more socially minded, more community minded. Okay, if you're going to be a community club and you think you are, and by, by the way, Tranmere, another fantastic example, talk about, talk about Liverpool. I did a podcast, sports content strategy podcast, pluggity plug, 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 um, with Tranmere, with Tranmere and uh, Nicola and Mark Palios have got a very different head on their shoulders vis-a-vis their community and they are making food. They are basically, that club is now making food and they are, you know, low cost food for vulnerable people saying, okay, here's, we're going to give it where it costs, you know, I think it's seven meals for a week, sorry, seven quid for a week and you get enough meals. And Nicola Palios, who's the vice chairman there, co-owner of the club, that's all she's tweeting about because they've got that background. They've got that background. And I want to see more of that, more of the, if you're a community club, put the community people, give them a proper voice not just a few paragraphs in your annual report a proper voice and be prepared to sacrifice a smidge of your on-field potential to grow your community this much yeah is that what you want well, the that biggest thing that you think you hope that comes out of this i mean you know if there's you know media or content people watching this is that your main takeaway that you think make the most of the community and what else do you think would be you would be advising these people i mean i i'm when i i when i consult um i always try and the, the hardest bit is to get buy-in from the top for anything yes there's yes there's everyone talks about resources yeah but if if the top people running the club or the organization give you buy-in, then those time resources will be much more likely to be available. And that will, and that singing from the same hymn sheet will be, will, will ease the creation of content. Um, uh, so you need a, I mean, I, I sometimes, I'm going to use the word brand, but when people see brand, they just think about, about what something looks like and how much they can sell you of that particular product. The actual brand of a club needs to be based around its community and what it feels like, what it feels like, the emotion that it gives you. And that comes through in its visuals, that comes through in its communication, but that comes through in its actions as well, right? And I just think I would like to see brand, the concept of brand, um, having a, co- a community aspect in that, a social aspect in that, and for, for sporting clubs to stand for something good, right? Because at the moment, you even look at it now, and a, a lot of what's played out is, you know, are we looking at the, prem- the Premier League and thinking clubs are worried about their finances because they have to pay players, right? And so they're worried about whether they can play games or not because they need the money to pay their players, Okay, and the players have, 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 have ended up earning an obscene amount of money on the back of what's happened in the Premier League since the early 90s. Products improved massively. Stadiums improved massively. Everything's improved massively, but there's a huge inequality that's grown as well. And now 
what I what I don't like is the fact that is it just money that's preventing English football organising itself the right way? That's what I worry about, and I'm hoping that'll shift. I think I'm flying in the wind, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I think it's it's been a blessing that the kind of the the English Premier League has been you know, the wealthiest and being able to afford the best players. But I think it, that is the sticking point for where we are now. And that's the self-interest that clubs have because it's going to cost them hundreds of millions of pounds. Yeah, but and the, and the, the concern about that amount of money is because of what they're paying the players mm. and what they're paying the agents as well. You know, that's the other thing. The pursuits of, I mean, what, I, I mean, my, my argument, I'm going to write a blog on this, is we've gone, for, as, a, as a sort of global economy, we've gone for efficiency over resilience in the sense that we've got by efficiency also you mean making the most amount of money right so you know outsourcing maximum efficiency zero hours car contracts all this is kind of maximum efficiency make the most amount of money but it undermines the resilience of our industries it undermines the resilience of our our industries and including football you know we've, we've 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 gone for paying players an obscene amount of money and now that's hamstringing that's 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 making us hamstrung over how we rebuild the game because basically we do need to rebuild the game there's there's 92 clubs economically i don't know how we keep anything near 92 clubs economically so you, so you've got to take the economics out of it. And, you, and one way to shore that up and shore, shore up the idea of having 92 clubs, if it's worth it, if people think it's not worth it and they're not prepared to, to chip in, great. But one way, yeah, at least we know that. And that's, that's natural wastage and that's economic Darwinism. Actually, if we can shore up the social meaning of football, so councils get more involved, you know, because the football club is, is the hub of the community. We saw that with Berry, right? <laughs> we only talk about the social good of football when the club is in danger, right? And that's what I want to change. You really talk about it. It really means something. Yeah. And fingers crossed that definitely comes out of it. I'm going to Rich- clamber back off a high horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you back off your high horse. And thank you very much for uh, joining me today. Really brilliant. Cheers, Dan. Thank you.